The aim for this podcast miniseries is to center a conversation around how um, their Japanese-American experience in the West has transformed and retranslated into their current living experience in Japan. Um, and we think this is important because documenting these person-specific stories creates a safe space to foster community in similar experiences while celebrating the diversity within the Japanese-American identity sphere. Each story is accompanied with their own experience of identity crises and the resilience born in the struggle. Without further ado, um, this is our guest of honor, and I will let them introduce themselves. So, Hello everyone, and Missy, thank you so much for having me. My name is Kai, and I go by he, him pronouns. Um, I was born on Oahu, and I've grown up in Honolulu until I was about 22, and that's when I moved to Totori, Japan, the least populated prefecture in Japan. And I've been living here for about a year and four months by now, and it's going on my second year in the JET program as an English teacher, so really excited for what's to come. And your hobbies. And I'm into making videos. Thank you for that lovely intro. And now we are going to go into the question segment of the podcast. So first question for you, Kai. How has your Japanese-American upbringing in the West transformed during your current experience living in Japan? Um, when I was younger and growing up with a Japanese last name, Maybe that's why, but growing up with a Japanese last name, I guess I always felt more Japanese than I did feel white. Mm. And I think even as a younger, uh, even as a young child, I did look more Japanese, I think. Like when I see pictures, I looked more Asian. And it wasn't really until I got older that I started to definitely look more mixed. And I definitely got taller at a certain point, which, of course, everyone else saw me as someone uh, who looks more white than Asian. Mm. So, um, in my head, I always thought I was more Japanese than anything else. So, before I applied to the JET program, I, I did feel like I owed it to myself, like, who I am as a person, and my family that lives in Japan, as well as my mom, I, I kind of felt like it was like, um, just like something I should do that I should experience. So I moved here to Japan thinking that um, if I lived in Japan for a while, I'd be able to be more Japanese and I, I would be able to um, learn more about what it is to be Japanese. Mm. And I guess after I came here, Maybe the first six months, I really tried to, uh, I really tried to, I guess, what, assimilate? Mm. Or tried to be, I tried to act more Japanese. And I think I quickly realized that how American I was, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, just no matter what, um, one of the, one of the biggest things I had an issue with was no matter what I did um, it would always I would always be seen as a foreigner first I guess just based off how I look and 
another thing was I guess I don't I don't speak fluently Japanese I'm not bad at it but I'm not fluent so I think that that was another thing that uh, really made me come across as someone who is foreign and not Japanese so yeah I, I always felt very American living here and I, I after a while I, I did become a lot more proud of that but, mm. yeah and as you know, like Hawaii is known as a air quotes um, melting pot of different uh, Asian and Southeast Asian, East Asian um, uh, cultures. Uh, would you say that you became more cognizant of your American heritage um, in one, when living in Japan, or would you say it was the same as you were living when you were living in Hawaii, or when you were attending university in the states? Hmm. Uh, I guess definitely, definitely after moving to Japan was when, uh, like American, like things I did just seemed more American. Hmm. Like. Also, I think in the workplace, just I could I realized that I could get away with more things as an American rather than being rather than like acting like I was Japanese. Right, like kind of playing the foreigner card, like oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know that right, custom yeah. or something. Oh, okay. Like if yeah, it always ended up being like that. Like if I did something bad, I always thought I would, okay, I'm, I'm gonna get scolded. But then, of course, they'd be like, oh, it's okay. Like, you're, you're a foreigner. Mm-hmm. Had, um, had any of your coworkers ever commented on how well you, you used chopsticks before? Yes, actually, mm-hmm. all the time. We still do. Yeah, you, you get that. And we're yeah. all just like, okay, I've been using chopsticks before I used a fork, guys. Yes, like... it's so, like... <laughs> I don't want to say it's like irritating, but it's just it's low really... key eras. I'm like yeah. sometimes I'm just like okay, guys. Again, you know, grew up in Hawaii. We have some yeah. Japanese culture. Okay, I, I try to tell them that it's it's not just because I'm Japanese, but like in Hawaii, people use chopsticks. Right, right. So, and they're like, "What? Eh? Yeah, Toto? yeah." And how would you say that um, your identity has shaped from kind of pivotal moments and years in your life for example how did you feel about your Japanese American identity in high school if you were even aware of it in college and um now based on Um, the three I think it was in high school where I first made the effort to try to learn Japanese oh okay yeah because I guess maybe I'm just using this as an excuse, but by the time I was born, my mom's English was pretty good. So your um, mother is fluent in Japanese from Japan. Yes, my mom is from Japan. She moved to America in her mid-20s, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I do have an older brother. He's five years older than me. Mm-hmm. And he was actually lucky enough to go to preschool in Japan. And oh, interesting. Yeah, so that was actually enough for him to bas- like get down the basics of Japanese. Mm-hmm. And even to this day, he still has like an edge over me because <laughs> he's got like it's just in his brain like the natural way of speaking. 
That's similar to my siblings experience because um, I have three older siblings and uh, my sister went who's also like nine years older than me my sister went um, till around third grade in Japan and she did the jet program like 11 years ago but and then my second sister she also did preschool in Japan but in Kobe but um, she has no recollection so I'm surprised for your brother like he has genius memory. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess because he still used it even after coming back. Oh, I guess just that that early stimulation really helped him like for the rest of his life. And in college, how was that? How was your identity? Were you aware of it or? Mm -hmm. Um, This is kind of a tough one because in college I got really into like different cultures because I started making other friends. Like international friends? Yeah, I started meeting a lot of exchange students because, you know, um, like college clubs really, they always tried to invite like people from outside the country as well. And you end up meeting a lot of foreign exchange students. So I think um, that's another thing. Like I, I was in the Korean club and then the more I... The more I learned about Korean culture, the more the the worse I felt that I wasn't learning about Japanese culture. I feel that I felt that guilt for so long. I'm totally with you. Like once I got interested, like, hey, I should learn Spanish. Oh wait, yeah. you should be fluent in your mother tongue first before exactly. you go learning another yes. language. OMG, I feel that. Yeah. So that that was actually another motivation for wanting to live in Japan was mm-hmm. because I had studied abroad to Korea and I <laughs> I, I was like, what am I doing? Why, like, <sighs> I should I should try to live where my, like, mom came from. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, another question. Did you grow up speaking Japanese in your household since you never learned it formally till high school? So I would say that I could understand Japanese and I, I could understand when my mom was scolding me mm-hmm, in Japanese. Mm-hmm. But I probably didn't speak it at all until later on and now that you're learning japanese do you sometimes wish that your mom taught you when you were younger because like we've all been there like diaspora children like oh why why didn't you teach me kanji when i was like in my prime years of learning because now it's like i'm struggling so much like did you ever question your mom well so i actually do remember times when she would try to teach me and i was just like, I would kind of throw a tantrum, like, I don't, I don't oh. want to learn it, it's oh. too hard. So, I think it's good that I have those memories, because I don't blame my mom at all, it's all on me. And that kind of motivates me to study harder. Mm. So, would you say if you had your own children in the future, you would want them to learn Japanese, like, become fluent? <laughs> Ooh, it doesn't necessarily have to be Japanese. I guess, I think bi- being bilingual is a really, like impressive skill to have depends and what you were saying before about how like you can get by with japanese did you uh did having family in japan motivate you to learn or you wanted to make japanese friends or communicate mm. with other coworkers? like how did you stay motivated to get to the point where you are now i would say family was definitely the motivation there mm. um so i have a cousin her name is Hinako, and she's the exact same age as I am. Oh, wow. And, That's cool. Yeah, so, I mean, growing up together, like, I would visit Japan maybe once every two years, and then she would visit Hawaii 
you know, like in between. Oh. And yeah, we're actually pretty close. Like I would, I would consider her my sister. But it's funny because when we were young, like I don't really know how, but children they can just kind of communicate like through their own language, really.、Mm-hmm. So we didn't really need to speak English and Japanese.、Mm-hmm. But as we got older, like I really couldn't talk to her. Oh. And yeah, I really wanted to be able to communicate with my cousin and as well as her, as well as our grandparents, because you know they're only getting older. And I would love to just be able to sit down and talk with them one day,、mm. you know, while I still have time. That that's kind of like a really important thing for me too. Did you? Because in my own language acquisition journey, like I always became discouraged that I didn't have personality when I was speaking Japanese. Like I was studying, I was in the beginning, I was like restudying Kego, and like、yeah. I just, I just didn't have a personality. I felt like a robot.、Yeah. Yeah. Like, did that ever happen to you? Oh, of course. Yeah, even now, like, um, because I feel like, like, not to be like, just self, or not to like compliment myself, but I feel like I I can be pretty funny, like, just sometimes, like in English. But I have no sense of humor in Japanese. Same, at all. same. I'm a robot. Like, seriously, I'm so proud if I can make someone laugh in Japanese because <laughs> that's like really hard for me to do.、Mm-hmm. But. I, I think that definitely comes a little later, like after you've got the basics down, and certainly having、uh, native Japanese friends would help with that because、mm-hmm. you can definitely learn a lot from them too. Would you say that your sense of humor has changed since being in America? Because you know, like Japanese, like TV influences a lot of humor in Japan. Like, would you say that it's changed, or you're still the same, like same sense of humor?、Uh, I'd say. Mm, man, I feel like I feel like my sense of humor has gotten even sillier, if anything, because like we'll go like a week, maybe I'll go like a week without really interacting with like other foreigners, maybe, and then on the weekend you see everyone for the first time after a whole week of teaching, and、uh-huh. you just get so like. Anything makes you laugh as long as it's in English. <laughs> Why do you think representation for Asian identifying men and women in the West is important?、Uh, I think it's great to see Asian representation becoming more of like an everyday thing these days.、Uh, I think that in life we all look for role models to guide us throughout life, and the search certainly becomes a lot easier when we see people who who are just like us. Mm-hmm. Um, being half white and half Asian, I do get the most excited when I see other hapas doing well、oh, in the media. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah,、uh, so I I really like Joji. Why? Before he was an artist, he was Filthy Frank on YouTube. Oh, okay. And, Don't know yeah, that. I, I actually like I I watched his videos a lot when I was younger, and I remember、um, a few of his videos. He would. Speaking Japanese, and I thought that was so cool because he like kind of looked like me, but、uh, he he was able to speak Japanese. And、um, some other some other people in media that I watch are like Chris Chan and Motoki.、Uh, these are YouTubers that are also half、uh, half Asian. Aside from just the Hapas,、uh, I watched many Asian YouTubers growing up,、uh, like Kev Jumba. Mm. Nigahiga, oh gee,、mm-hmm. so 
I I'm not sure if 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 I was I guess I'm too I was too young to even think about that they were Asian, but it was still good to see them on YouTube. Mm. So you grew up with YouTube then, and like not even in mainstream media, your outlet was YouTube seeing all these like kind of self-made people, self-made creatives, like doing their thing. So that really inspired you, you would say? Yeah, I, I would say that, yeah. I certainly watched a lot more YouTube than anything else when I was younger. When it comes to existing representation, what would you change? What do you want to see more of? And this could also be for the YouTube space as well. Okay, um, as far as existing representation goes, I do think it's still like an ongoing battle, mm. uh, especially representation for Asian Americans. Mm -hmm. I The fact that I can't even remember any like Asian leads off the top of my head definitely mm. is a sign that there aren't many out there. Mm. Um, so you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast episode that um, you do YouTube. And how do you think your YouTube channel is, one, breaking the stigma of the barriers Asian Americans face as creatives and taking up creative space on online, and also kind of um, reshaping people's view of Japan? Because, you know, Japan is very romanticized. Like when you go to Tokyo, Osaka, Kyoto, like it's becoming, as you know, uh, big tourist destinations. But how do you think your YouTube uh, is kind of uh, bringing a new light to what uh, to more areas of Japan and like in your everyday life versus just like big city life, if that makes mm. sense? Mm. And in the vi videos that I have watched you create and like um, upload and everything, you really do seem like you're truly enjoying yourself. Like the whole process, creative process of it all, it seems like you really, that's one of your passions. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it definitely is. It's, it's how I express myself. Uh, it's what I have fun doing. I love making something and uh, when I show people, I love seeing their reactions. Mm. That makes me really happy. People back home, when they ask you, oh, like, so I'm going to Tokyo, like, let's meet up. And they just assume that you're there. Yeah, like, yeah how... I've actually gotten that before. Yeah, yeah, same here. Um, how do you think that your channel is, like, shedding new light on... Videos, not all my videos, but in some of my videos, I do kind of showcase that uh, the country lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I've done vlogs where I've gone out and just taken photos. That's awesome. Um, I've done, I've done like a, I don't know if I can call it a mini like documentary. I guess it's more like a vlog, but I did a vlog about an ocean shrine carrying event that I got invited to. Oh, I've seen that. The one with the fire. I think I remember you uploading that. Yeah. yeah so that was actually cool. one of my favorite videos because uh, it shows like a time where I was included mm. in in like an event that went on in the town. So like you said, with um, that community event, um, the shrine event you were a part of, would you say that your videos are representative uh, of storytelling and like documentary style videos? I would say some of them are. I think... I wouldn't say majority of them are because I you have I do really a lot of fun like pop videos. culture yeah you have a lot of pop culture ones mm -hmm. a lot of them are just things I'm interested in or 
um, I don't know, I do like cooking stuff, but I guess the theme really always ends up being something related to Japan. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. Do you think that will continue uh, in your next chapter when you leave Japan? Mm, that's a good question. I, I do remember when I first came to Japan and when I thought about if I was going to try to like take YouTube more seriously, I remember thinking that uh, I don't want to make too many videos about Japan because I know I'm not going to stay here forever. Oh, so your branding or like what your yeah, content I is. A little, I was a little worried that I would attract like people that were only interested in Japan but mm. after after living here and making videos about what I'm interested in I think I think it's totally fine um, I've had an amazing time just making videos about my life here mm. and I think even if I did move away from Japan I think I would still it wouldn't be a lot it wouldn't be it wouldn't be all the time but I would still make videos that were linked to Japan probably mm, interesting and I'm totally for that, you know, follow your heart, Kai, go full time with YouTube, or at least just, you. just, you know, keep making videos, keep creating, because we need more representation and storytellers in this world. So you're doing good. So keep Thank that up. Thank you very much. Okay, um, we were talking about this before recording, but I want to, you know, get it on air. Uh, when was the last time you visited home or a Western country? Would you say you noticed yourself acting differently in mannerisms or adopted a different self-image versus prior of you living in Japan? Uh, while I've been in Japan, I have been taking periodic trips. Uh, I went to Canada back in September. Oh, awesome. But I was, I was away from Hawaii for about a year. And I went back to Hawaii in, for Christmas break. Mm-hmm. And I would say that if I if I was acting differently, it would base it would mainly be that I was enjoying kind of just being free, like free. not having to think about uh, about a translation in your head, like that kind of thing. Oh, I guess I was thinking more about like not having to worry about being judged by other people. Oh, wow. Well, like, yeah. it, our experience is different because for me, like, I, I'm i not full Japanese, but, like, you know, I'm passing. But for, like, mm -hmm. no one questions me, like, oh, you're half. They just assume I'm Japanese. But for right, you, yeah. I can imagine because you do, like, wear two kind of faces depending mm -hmm. on your environment. Right. Um, so is that what you mean? Yeah, I think because, so for one, I do live in, like, a small town and... I kind of stick out. I'm like this tall, this tall, skinny guy that lives in this <laughs> this little town. In the so, least populated prefecture in Japan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm always being watched, and maybe it's not just maybe it's not related to so much to Japanese culture, but in a lot of ways, I think it kind of is mm -hmm. because there's a lot of things that you're not. I guess there's a lot of things that you'd be looked down for doing if you did them mm. and because i'm a foreigner i try to set a good example like oh foreigners are nice people mm -hmm. so i don't want them to think that we're you know bad people i guess is the main thing mm. and would you say because i've gotten the comment before that americans use a lot of like hand gestures 
Mm-hmm. Would you say that uh, you noticed yourself adopting Japanese mannerisms when you went to Canada um, or carrying your Japanese mannerisms when you were visiting Canada and back home in Hawaii? Um, I think I always did this just because I grew up as half Japanese, but I, I always do like a slight bow mm-hmm. when I'm leaving somewhere, or like saying thank you to someone. I guess it just comes naturally. I'm not sure if it's from just living in Japan. But... Okay. You need to answer this question because okay. I don't know if this is Hawaii culture or my like or our Japanese uh, mm. American background. But when you go to when you go to someone's house, do you bring them like omiyage or a gift? Oh yeah. So is that yeah, Japanese culture or Hawaii culture? I'm confused right now. I, that's I would say it's I I think it's Japanese culture. For sure, there's definitely a medley of local Japanese Hawaiian and Japanese from Japan uh, culture in the gift giving in Hawaii and in Japan. So thanks for sharing that. And segueing into a more reflective segment of the podcast, Kai, can you please describe in three words what your current situation and experience in Japan has been? Yeah, I knew that I would kind of put my life on pause. Mm. And in that in that space of time, I really wanted to grow as much as I could and not waste like a single moment of that time. So I've, I've studied Japanese. I've made as many videos as I can when I'm not tired. I've, I've tried to be the best teacher that I can be. Mm. And yeah, I think in a lot of ways I... Yeah, I, I tried to be as, as, as ambitious as possible. Any new environment that you're in, like I believe that in your early to mid-20s, it's very transformative years and like there are so many door or pathways and like doors of opportunities that are, uh, you know, accessible to you. And these experiences that we're experiencing and collecting now, it will shape us um, to our like late 20s early 30s selves and so I think this time in Japan for you has been very important for your I like just like to know who you are like your identity so that's mm-hmm. that's good that you are like ambitious and you're always wanting to learn more things about yourself about your heritage and just uh, gain more skills yeah yeah thank you very much yeah I really think that um the the energy that we feed is kind of what grows in our minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say this because there are many, there's a lot of days where things don't go as well as they, as you want them to go. And it's really easy to get down when you're living alone in a new place and you're far from home. But mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that you can be happy for. And it's different uh, between people to people, but just kind of remember that, uh, yeah, there are a lot of things to be happy for and to kind of look on the bright side of things and not let yourself get too down, but to, to, to feed that, that happy seed in your mind and let it grow. At the end of the day, you always got to be thankful for something like the people that I've met here, certainly this circle of friends that I've made, They've 
you know, kind of kept me together. They kept me in one piece. They're the people you go to when, when you've had a stressful week and you can drink together and let it all out. And yeah, you got to be thankful for those people as well as the, the nice little old ladies in your workplace that give you free tea and cookies. You know, they, they know that you're, they clutch. That you're, yeah. They know that you're all alone and they, they want to take care of you. And you know, that feels really good to know that someone's thinking about you. So yeah, I always remember to be thankful for the people around you and the chances that you have. Yeah. And on that note, so what are your plans after the JET program? So uh, this fall, 2020, what are your plans? Hmm. That, that's such a hard question because there's still, what, there's still like seven months? Have what? you thought about it at all? Yes, I've definitely thought about it. And I'm kind of torn between two two main decisions. And one is, of course, going back to Hawaii. And, and doing other, what? The other would be going to try to live in a city somewhere in Japan. <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so you still might be in Japan then. Maybe. <laughs> I, I think it's certainly a possibility. I guess the main thing for me is that living here in the countryside for two years, mm -hmm. I've definitely grown a lot more curious about what life could be like in the city. Mm. But I also, at the same time, do know that it's about time to go home and try to work on uh, things that will help me grow into my next chapter of life. But mm. I also think maybe I could do that in Japan. Maybe. Would you would you ever go back to teaching English again or no? Mm, I think I'm done teaching English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah, yeah, I definitely didn't say I wanted to be an English teacher. Okay, I th I thought you were alluding to that, but I just wanted to make it clear. Okay, yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. If anything, it would have to be media related or else I wouldn't take it because I think I want my next job to really um, be something I can learn a lot of skills from. And that is definitely a big leap. Like, how are your parents supportive of your creative ventures at all? Like, do they know about your YouTube channel? Like, are they supportive in whatever you do or what? My mom is literally my biggest fan. Um, oh, that's sweet. She's she's admitted to having two YouTube channels that so she can like my videos twice. Oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. Shout out to yeah. Kai's mom. Yeah. Shout out to my mom. Mom, I love you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Wait, um, that's, that's yeah, precious. So they're very supportive. Very supportive. Oh, good. And I think if I was able to find, if I was able to find another job in Japan, I think they'd be on board. Yeah. Well, not like nothing but the best of luck to you. And like, I hope that you enjoy your time. Like, as an assistant language teacher for what it is and hoping that so many doors of opportunities open to you and perhaps like you can stay in japan so that'd be awesome doing something with media cool yeah yeah that's that's what i'd hope for and where can our listeners find you and do you want to say your social media if you have multiple oh, accounts sure. yeah. yeah um you can find me on youtube at koji mochi that's K-O-J-I-M-O-C-H-I. Um, I make all kinds of videos, like vlogs, cooking videos. And my Instagram is the same. It's Kojimochi. 
Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for chatting. It was really lovely getting your perspective, um, your unique perspective about your Japanese American um, heritage and upbringing from Hawaii now in Japan. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Missy. I really hope I answered your questions well. (laughs) Thank you.